That's my secret cat. I'm always angry. Alright. I ran out of patience. On the roof! Hey everyone, cat, cat, big fan, Spider-Man. Avengers! Assemble. Hello, Peter. Hello and welcome to the Infinity Saga and Beyond, an MCU fan podcast. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and we are tar- talking Miss Marvel, the penultimate episode, episode five is what we're going to talk about. And in a couple days, we're going to have the finale to discuss. Also going to be doing uh, Thor Love and Thunder. I was hoping to do that a little earlier this weekend, but trying to get a guest. If I can't get a guest, I'll record that one later tonight and probably have it out um, you know, sometime early this upcoming week here. But we are talking Miss Marvel Episode 5, Time and again, directed by Charmin Obeid Chinoy, with uh, written by Fatima Asghar. It aired July 6, 2022 on Disney+. Plus. And here's the official Disney Plus synopsis. The bangle reveals to Kamala secrets about her family lineage, as well as the truth behind the veil. So, I guess initial thoughts as I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I do have a little bit of some complaints here as we'll get going um, that could be fixed next week. I'm not saying it can't. But just a little things that I have questions about with the structure of the show and uh, maybe some characters that weren't uh, either fully developed or not used fully to their potential, I guess. Kind of more of a where are we going to go? Where are we going to go here with this last episode? How long is that episode going to be to wrap up some of this stuff? And I thought that the episode itself in this one just kind of ended very abruptly. So we're going to get into all of that stuff here. The, the plot starts with uh, it taking place in India in 1942 with Kamala's uh, great-grandmother Aisha taking refuge in a village. This is after she had broken off from the rest of the clandestines. And Hassan is uh, the man that she is going to meet. He's an Indian independence activist, and he is going to offer her some food and shelter. They are going to, of course, fall in love over the course of a couple years. Uh, They're going to have a child named Sana. This is, of course, Kamala's grandmother. They're going to flash forward to five years later where... Uh, Najma, who, if we can recall, is uh, Kamran's mother, leader of the clandestines, locates Aisha and wants her to get the bangle. She kind of says that she doesn't have it with her. She does. But she now knows, Aisha knows, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here before... uh, Najma can do anything about this. She is a little worried about Najma and the clandestines 
hunting her down. And now, of course, I was just worried about having a daughter, having a family that she cares about here on this side of the veil. So it's kind of changed her perspective a bit. So Aisha is going to leave the bangle with Sana, and she's going to attempt to flee. They're trying to get to Pakistan uh, with her family. And this is kind of that that train scene at Karachi and uh, that Kamala ended up in at the end of last episode. So this is a good chunk of the episode. It's like half of the episode or so. Um, I really enjoyed that though. Getting to know these characters like Hassan, like Aisha, getting to know those two and their connection a little better than what we had heard. You know, we, we kind of kept hearing about how Aisha, she's brought shame and all this kind of stuff, but she really had a family she cared about. And she kind of sacrifices herself here for her daughter when Hassan and Sana are going to get separated while she's trying to get her family on the train. Her husband and, of course, her daughter get separated. We've heard this story building up to this episode numerous times. And what we then see is that Najma has caught up, and she is going to actually stab... Uh, she's going to stab uh, uh, Aisha. And as she's you know, falling from the pain. She kind of activates something with the bangle calling for something. She thinks she's calling for, I think Sana is kind of the vibe I got. And we do see that this is most likely, if I understand everything correctly, this is what called Kamala here. You know, the bangle said last week on it, what you're seeking also seeks you. She was seeking the information about Isha. She was seeking the information about her family. Sana's, you know, trail of stars that guides her back to her father. And that was also seeking her. This thing pulls her into the past. We thought it might have been because of some sort of, you know, the, the way that the Najma's stab hit the bracelet instead, the bangle. But it seems to be that she was called here, that this is something that is always happened she goes back in time and is able to use the bangle and help guide sana back to her father so that was kamala's destiny kamala is going to also get a picture of her grandmother and her great-grandfather from Aisha before she leaves her there to bleed out, I guess. But uh, And she will give that to Sana when she gets back to the present. So what I really liked about this, let's kind of stop here and kind of break down what happened in this scene. I think we now know that the scenes that she saw when she is getting visions from the bangle 
make more sense now. I do think this is something that is more clear now. And what I mean by that is because she is, she saw that Karachi train in her vision. Her grandmother saw it too. She calls her up, gets her over there. But that vision, I think, I'm led to believe, is to show Kamala that this is her destiny. She has to go. This is something that Aisha is calling to her for. The bangle is calling for her to fulfill this part of her destiny, to kind of close this time loop, bit of a loop here that she needs to close off. And I feel like that is what she has seen, what the train is kind of standing for in those visions. So she goes ahead and goes to Karachi. And when she gets there, of course, we saw all of that last episode, but it's all led her to this moment where she is going to go back in time and assist her grandmother to help kind of close off that loop. It's something that she has always done. And some people complain that this is different from the time travel rules of Endgame. You know, kind of throwing a wrench and all of that. I don't think any of that matters. Comic books, all that kind of stuff, time travel, multiple different ways in in the comics not all of it has to do with the tva i saw some people complain about the tva not interfering in this but there's a few things that prevent that from being an issue the tva would only interfere if it's something that wasn't supposed to happen so the fact that she's always done this that this is how sana always got back is not something that is out of the perfect timeline or whatever they, you know, the, the main timeline. The second part that affects this with the TVA is that the TVA really isn't around anymore. The TVA as we knew it in Loki season one is gone. Of course, Loki does see uh, the TVA is in some sort of, some sort of function at the end of season one in the end credit scene, when we see, you know, him run into, uh, uh, you know, uh, seeing Kang's statues and everything, but this is something that we don't know how this TVA works. We don't know if they fulfill the same functions. We don't know if they fulfill the same, functions i mean i don't know what else i was looking for there but you know pretty much if it's a different tva setup we don't know what kang's purpose behind it is compared to he who remains so there's a couple things there that make me think this isn't that different as we know in the time travel and end game that stuff may have always happened because that was something that as they say when Loki is complaining about it, right, is or whoever's complaining about it, is that that was always supposed to happen in the sacred timeline. So if this was always supposed to happen, then this is something the TVA would let through. Also, we don't know what state the TVA is in right now anyway. So for me, I find that none of that really affects anything at all. 
in this story. So I'm just, I wanted to address that because I know for some people that might be on your mind, not even as a negative of the show, just something like, Oh, well, I thought the TVA worked like this, you know, just something I wanted to address because it is different. Uh, you know, I'm kind of looking at it like there, there's been so many time travel stuff in comics or dimension hopping, all that kind of stuff where the rules don't always apply the same multiple times. And that, that this is one of those situations where maybe the time travel rule is a little different this time. But we actually don't know, right? I mean, because I think in Endgame they even say that you can't go back and change anything, and this is something Kamala doesn't change. So maybe maybe we're all off base here. But anyway, my point being, none of this actually breaks the rules of the MCU time travel, in my opinion. So I wanted to just kind of get that out of the way as well. Uh, I really like the first half of this episode. I'm glad, like I said last week, that this didn't take up the whole episode. That was something I was concerned about as we were getting here of like, oh, we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to the past and kind of end up where we end up in this um, at, at the midway point of this episode at the end of this one, because I feel like then we really are going to be having to speed up in episode six. So, I'm glad that they didn't do that, you know, and also it was very risky, I think, and very great of them to not even have the episode start where we left off. Where we left off last week was Kamala in the train station at Karachi. Where does this start off? Uh, five years before that <laughs> with, uh, with Aisha and um, Hassan and their, their relationship. And I really like that because that is kind of risky. It's kind of bold to say, one, we're going to kind of start five years before we just left off. But also, the main character of the show is not going to come in until almost midway. So really liked how they were able to handle that. Also, at the end of this episode, we are going to get Bruno. So I, I kind of got what I wanted last week when I said, let's kind of go back and forth between... America and Pakistan that way we can kind of see some of those other great characters we haven't seen yet so we get to see Bruno um wish we would have seen Nakia she still hasn't responded to Kamala's text as far as we know so that is still a thread that's out there that she's hurt that Kamala did tell her about being Nightlight or Miss Marvel as she will become known as later so that's something we still have to wrap up in this next episode as well all right, so she uh, Kamala gets back to the present, and what that Najma's stabbing did is opened up the veil of Nor, and that uh, one of the uh, clandestines are like, "Great, let's go home. I'm gonna walk over here," and she gets disintegrated. She's gone. And what it kind of reminded me of, if anybody's been watching Lois on CW. There was this episode, you know, this whole plot of the season with the Bizarro world. There was this whole plot of a, a woman wanting to get from one side to the alternate universe in the Bizarro world. And they had to wear these special suits because if not with this big rift type thing, you could get like disintegrated. We kind of see that happen in an episode and then the same sort of thing happens in here so it felt very familiar 
in that sense. So that was that was funny. Uh, also, if you haven't been watching Superman and Lois, I highly recommend it. First two seasons are out. Season one's on HBO Max, I think, and season two just aired probably on demand. Probably going to HBO Max later. All right. Uh, so they realize, all right, they can't get through back home, right? It's, it's going to kill them. And what we also know from last week is that this rift, if it's opened up for the veil, is going to take over this whole world and uh, destroy that. So Kamala has to try to shut this down. I love how she uses her powers here to shield uh, the citizens, the civilians, them out away from the rift that's opened up in the veil. So I really liked that because this is something she couldn't do in the comics, right? Her power set has really changed in this show. And I know that's been very topical if it's good or bad for her as a whole, but I really enjoy the new power set. I think there's a lot more stuff she can do. I love the way she uses her hard light to make steps. Uh, you know, she can still use it to make it look stretchy the way that her usual comic powers are when she caught Zoe, when she punches the clandestines in episode three. All of that stuff is really great. I think for the future Kamala, they made her more powerful. I like that. She's going to be able to handle bigger threats. She's going to be able to fit into the Marvels pretty well. I like all of that. So I think a good move. And I think it shows off here when she's able to use her powers, the hard light to block the veil and get some of these citizens out. I guess in the comics, she could have just wrapped her arms around and pulled them, but we're literally going to see Mr. Fantastic with that same sort of power set in Fantastic Four very soon. So better to make her stand out a little bit more, I think. Now, I don't understand how Najma does this. But she comes to an understanding that uh, Kamala's telling her, hey, you have something to live for. You have Kamran. And she says, well, no, he's never going to get back. You know, he's never going to love me again because I <laughs> abandoned him in the Supermax prison. Right. Well, what I don't get with that is not so much that she turns pretty quickly when, you know, you know, uh, Kamala says you can make it right to him, all this kind of stuff. She does. That's fine. What I don't really get is how this works. She transfers her powers somehow to Kamran, and it somehow also closes the veil. I'm hoping we get a little bit of explanation about that next week. I'm not banking on it, though. I really think it is one of those things of it's just comic booky being comic booky, right? You know, sometimes this stuff won't make any sense. Oh, I use this thing to shut that down and you're just supposed to go with it. And I do think that's probably what we're supposed to do here, but I would like to know one, how she transferred her powers and one, how that also closed the veil because it seemed to happen pretty quick. The veil opens, we get one person die, Kamala saves some people, two lines of dialogue really to make her do an about face. And then Najma sacrifices herself, shifts her powers to Kamran and it closes the veil and the threat is gone. 
And the big threat that we are building to the season is now gone. Right? Last week, they're telling us how bad the Vale of Nor is if it's opened up because it's going to eat and like take over this whole universe, destroy it. And that gets resolved pretty quick. And I think one of the reasons why it's a little odd is because we've kind of been, with the way that these shows have been structured previously, very conditioned for certain things, right? Everybody thought this episode was going to be fully in the past and it would be you know, all the way in the past, and the next week would be the veil opening, Kamala stops it, done. Boom. Save the world. Awesome. That's not the case, though. This one takes half in the past, half in the present. It's gonna be able to stop the veil. And now we don't know who that last villain is. Most of these shows have kind of built up the villain for that last episode. You know, Moon Knight, episode five, was all about uh, Stevens and Mark's history. And then that, you know, was that whole episode of them coming to terms with that. And then episode six is, boom, get back to life, Steven. Get to, uh, back to Earth and let's stop the villain. And boom, 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 nailed it. Uh, Hawkeye. Kingpin is revealed to be the villain at the end of, like, episode five, episode six. We get Kingpin versus Maya, all this kind of stuff. Done. Episode 6, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Boom. Finishes it. Comes in and stops the terrorists. Episode 8 of WandaVision is that flashback episode. Episode 9 is the finale where WandaVision... Wanda and Vision, uh, stop Agatha. So you can kind of see why this one's a little jarring, and I think that's fine. I think it's fine to switch things up. But what I wonder now is, where do we go from here? We're not done recapping this episode yet, but where we kind of leave Kamala is, if I remember correctly, you know, looking at photo albums with her, with her grandmother and her mother. And where we leave her at the end of this scene is her and her mother coming in. Her mother realizing that Kamala is nightlight. She's the one with the light. All this kind of stuff. And it's clicking in her head more of why she would have had to stop the wedding. All this kind of stuff. Right? That part's probably resolved. But now we don't have a villain. The clandestines are dead. Most of them died last week. Two of them died this week. I'm pretty sure we're out of clandestines. Now, where this could pay off is with the Department of Damage Control. We see a drone at the end when we do switch over to Bruno and we run into Comron, who now has powers, and he seeks refuge with Bruno, who he just now realizes is not named Brian. So he wasn't just being a jerk. It was actually just something he thought was his name. And the drone comes. Conron destroys it with his new powers. But it also explodes the store below him. The circle cube. 
And the episode abruptly ended right there. I was not expecting it to end right there. I thought maybe we'd get something else. So this was the shortest episode, I believe, when I looked at the runtime. It felt like an abrupt ending. The clandestines are gone. Where do we go from here? Is it just Department of Damage Control as the main villain now? Maybe. I see some people speculating Kamran and Kamala are going to have a showdown, but I don't know. He seems all chummy with Bruno. He's overcome calling him Brian. I think that'd be a huge turn for him to all of a sudden be a bad guy. The only way I could see that is if he thinks for whatever reason that Kamala killed his mother, but even then his mother left him in the prison. The prison thing, by the way, is at this point worthless. They got arrested at the end of episode three, and we thought, okay, I'm sure they're not going to stay arrested, right? But we literally see them, one scene in prison, when they break out of a supermax prison, and I think I said that last week, Not it didn't seem very difficult. They leave Kamran behind. But in this episode, he was able to break out, and he's able to find Bruno. So at this point, I would assume the damage control and the police and like the feds, all that kind of stuff, are who we're looking at as the villains next week. I hope the episode starts with Kamala landing back in America. We get to see her father, her brother. They get to come to terms with maybe uh, the wedding issue. Bruno tracks her down and Kamran is with her and they team up and fight off the drones is, is what I assume next week is. We'll see though. We also get to see a really cool part of Kamala um, like jewelry that had broken and it made the logo of the lightning bolt that she's going to wear on her shirt. That's really cool way to give her that. Otherwise, it's about the end of the episode. You know, we still haven't had her in her costume yet. She's going to get it next week. Probably for a scene, unfortunately. And then from what I've seen on set photos, they already changed the suit for the Marvels, which is unfortunate because that suit doesn't look as good as the one in the promo stuff here, so... Hopefully at one point she'll she'll get another, a third suit that looks closer to the first suit. This may have been a show that benefits from more than six episodes. I think six fit Moon Knight pretty well. I wasn't anybody that was like, six is too short here. But one thing, Marvel is doing more of like nine for half hour comedies, eight for, uh, six for hour longs. I think there should be an option for eight episodes for hour longs as well, depending on what story you're telling. Because eight is what the Mandalorian has, and that works pretty good. I saw some people complain about the six for Obi-Wan. I thought that was fine. People definitely complained about the six for Book of Boba Fett. But we get eight of Mando, and that always seems perfect for me. I'm not saying it has to be eight every show. But I think Kamala could have probably benefited from eight. At this point, we'll have only have had three episodes with most of her family. 
and two, so almost half, have been in Pakistan with her extended family, but we haven't seen a lot of those other characters, like her father, her brother, her sister-in-law now. And a lot of stuff kind of hangs on them. I really like the feel of those first, you know, three episodes where you get to see her family interact with her and um, all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping, I'm assuming she's going to get a season two at some point and she'll probably be more Jersey City based and that'll probably be perfect. But I do think maybe a few more episodes could have benefited the show a bit more. But I still really enjoy the show. It's just gone so fast now that I'm like, I, I want more. I want more of Kamala just being in Jersey City. I want more of Kamala with her friends. I want more of Kamala with her parents. I want more of Kamala as Miss Marvel going around and stopping crime. So hopefully we get some sort of like montage or something at the end showing her stop some crimes. Just her being a superhero. This is something she's wanted to be. This is something she idolizes. So just a thought there that I'm hoping that that's what we get with Miss Marvel Episode 6. I think it'll be a little longer than this week. I'm, I'm expecting probably 40, 45 minutes with the credits. You know, a lot of people always think, oh, this finale is going to be an hour, an hour and a half, 55, 56 minutes. It rarely is. I think Moon Knight Episode 6 was actually the shortest one. Or close to it. So it is possible it'll be on the shorter end of 30 minutes. And there's a lot you can do in that time. Just think of even some of your favorite half-hour shows you know when you look at the office and it's 21 minutes and sometimes how much they get done in that 21 minutes of screen time it's something that you can do a lot with so i do think that they can do it in 30 minutes but when you think of i'm assuming we start with her landing in new york and then go from there but it's possible we see something like a goodbye to Sana before she takes off. That's something that won't take that long. You just kind of flash forward through the the flight and maybe show them sitting next to each other this time on the flight. Talking. They've made up. They land. Her family's there to greet them. And then Bruno and Kamran show up or something. You know, it's something that gets this thing rolling uh, because... I do wonder where they'll go with episode six. I, I'm guessing we're, we're done seeing the red dagger for this episode. Kareem, I think he's done at this point. He says bye to her. If you ever need me, I'm just a you know phone call away. So I'm guessing he'll, he'll be able to come over to America for some stuff in a season two, if it's possible. But yeah. I think that's really all I have to share. Uh, overall, I'm still very positive on it. You know, a lot of a lot of people were complaining this show, this episode ruined it, or some of these complaints that I've had, people have taken them to an extreme. Uh, I try not to do that. You know, there's always going to be little things that you think can be done better. But it doesn't mean the show is trash or the show is terrible. 
whichever. I really dig the style that the show has brought. I really dig the humor in it. The family element of it is really one of the best parts of this show. It's just the messages about family. So I want to kind of get back to that for episode six. If you want to leave us your feedback, that's email marvelplusrecaps at gmail.com or on Twitter at toinfinitysaga, facebook.com slash infinitysagabeyond, Instagram at toinfinitysagaandbeyond, and you can also click the link tree in the show notes for all of those if you didn't remember what I just said. But I hope everyone has a great rest of their week. We'll talk the finale later this week or weekend and the Thor review for love and thunder should be coming soon in the next day or so. So keep an eye for that as well. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of the week and we'll catch you next time.